Mark. Hello and welcome to the Day Day Podcast, where we talk all things basketball, wrestling, and other things if I want to. Um, yeah, sorry for the new intro. I'm, I'm trying to experiment um trying new intros because yeah, the first one we had. As much as I want to continue the do the, the DDP intro, it's it's kind of copyrighted by WWE, so. I don't want WWE to come running to me, you know, because of a copyright strike, and then, you know, the podcast shuts down, so I'm experimenting on what I want to um, use as a new intro, so hopefully um, there will be suggestions later on the pod, for the pod, uh, when I put this on Twitter, and, you know, probably, you know, Put just other updates there um and yeah so don't mind if you know the next episodes there will be like new intros or whatever the intros would be inconsistent you know just i need an unlicensed one because i I don't have like any music um anyways uh, for this episode we'll be doing something a little bit different um yeah um, last time on uh on my wrestling mid-year favorites i've been uh, i said that i've been uh, watching stardom and um one of their biggest tournaments of the year is coming up which is the five star grand prix and we'll be previewing that today because um compared to like other uh five stars i think i personally think this is probably their most stacked in terms of talent well, I haven't seen like um, 2013 up until um, Kyrie Sane's uh, five star, or even I believe even Mayu's five star when she won in 2016. I haven't seen, but like 2017 to 2021, uh, I feel I feel like this is the most um, stacked roster you can possibly have in terms of who can actually win. Because oh my God, um, um, will be uh, I'll, so I'll say the brackets now. There are two brackets that are going: the red stars and the blue stars. For the red stars, it will be um, the goddess of stardom champion, uh, one half of the goddess of star goddesses of stardom champion Julia, uh, the ace of stardom Mayu Watani, the leader of Queen's Quest Momo Watanabe, uh, Fukiken Death. Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid, Himika, Natsupoi, Koguma, and Mina Shirakawa. For the Blue Stars, oh my goodness, this lineup is going to be so dope. Uh, Blue Stars, Utami Hayashishida, uh, which, who is the Wonder of Stardom. No, not Wonder, World of Stardom Champion. Uh, Shuri, who is the SWA Champion. Tam Nakano, who is the Wonder of Stardom Champion. Sayaka Tani, Maika Azumi, Konami, Ruwaka, the future of stardom champion Unagi Sayaka, and oh my God, the ace of Marvelous, Takumi Iroha returning from injury. Um, oh my god, uh, where do I begin this lineup? I'll start with the blue stars first. Um, oh my lord, uh, we have... Utami Hashishida, who is the World of Stardom champion, like, 
yeah, the world stardom champion, the wonder of stardom champion, the future, I mean, future of stardom really doesn't count as like a mid, even a, for a mid card belt, it's more of a low tier belt for, um, of course, yeah, future of stardom, you know, uh, people with less ex experience will probably be champion there, but like, you know, yeah, and then one half of the goddesses of stardom champion, good lord, like, plus you have, um, uh, Sayaka Mitani, who's like really, really talented wrestler, one of the most athletic per people in stardom. Uh, you got Micah and Konami, who are two very technical wrestlers. Azumi, the former high-speed champion, and then you know, uh, Takumi Roha, like you know, Ace of Marvelous. Like um, when they revealed, I uh, when they uh revealed that they will be having like a blue X for Blue Stars. It's like, oh my god, it's going to be Rin Kadokura. It's probably going to be um, uh, Mei Hosuzuki, at least, like, for Marvelous, I believe. She was in the... No, I don't think she was in the 2021. I, f I keep forgetting what the 2020 lineup was. But, um, yeah, when they said the Kumi Aroha, and, you know, just right on time after returning from injury, and... Uh, she's not gonna have a match here until August 29, uh, which is against Micah again. Like you know, it's gonna be a banger. So, uh, most of the dates for uh, the Takumi matches are later down the line, uh, mostly because I think she's still like not 100% okay. I mean, like she had her first match in the fifth anniversary. Uh, show for marvelous um but yeah yeah she's not gonna have a match for in the bracket for until like august 29 so yeah um again like this um this uh tournament is gonna go from uh july 31 until september 25 uh which is a decent amount of like time for uh, people to get invested in, uh, especially you know uh, G one is now one month, um, only uh, available for like one month only for so for them to have two months of G uh, two months of five star is gonna be absolutely mayhem. They can have more time for uh, their matches because. Um, I believe last year uh they only had like what uh night one to like night ten. Uh there's there's a lot of like dates that they can do. Um I guess blue stars like Jesus. Um of course uh, everyone is gonna say um Utami Hayashi she, uh, Utami Utami versus uh Shuri will be like the main matchup for um this uh for this bracket but uh there's a lot of like good matches that are just waiting to be um revealed like you know wait or just taking place like um uh utami versus kamitani a rematch of the anniversary show but like they've been uh tag team champions before so like uh it's very great to see um faction versus faction um stuff uh because um, 
when it comes to faction versus faction, like um, everyone from Stardom like gives it their all. Um, because the Otami versus Kamitani match was pretty good, um, as well. Uh, Tam versus Anagi again, like you know, um, a faction faction member versus faction member, and you know, uh, it's it's weird because when I re- record, it's just like everything that I thought of, uh, think of analyzing or t- telling on the podcast just goes away un- unless I have like uh, notes or stuff but uh, yeah I don't have like anything to uh, say because this bracket just says enough um, I mean the red stars bracket is pretty good as well you have um, three of the, the faction leaders plus um, starlight kid who can uh, probably like upset some brackets so uh, but we'll talk about them later. But you know, like Blue Stars, good lord. Uh, there's even uh, Shuri vs Konami, which you know they can do better with their SWA match um, on the anniversary show. Um, hopefully, they do a better match than they, what they did because uh, it's pretty underwhelming. As well as uh, Tam versus Kamitani. You know, uh, may, there's. There's like a lot of story in that. It's just that the matches weren't as good. So uh, hopefully they have better matches here. Um, uh, again, like uh, Tom Nakano versus Unagi Sayaka. Um, wanna say like, why did they put Unagi in this bracket? Um, they've been building Unagi since. Uh, Tam versus Mayu last January where you know she had to compete in like uh seven matches of you know the best stardom people and then she won the stardom rumble and then uh she had like a couple of really really uh high profile matches uh like the semi-final of the Cinderella tournament uh finals of the future of stardom tournament you know you're building up someone that can eventually be in the main event scene you know uh probably you know build up to be a big like uh dark horse for the five star and then you put them in this bracket where everyone can pretty much uh beat that living hell out of unagi uh I mean, we've already seen it with Shuri twice. Like, she had really good matches with Shuri. So, if, you know, they can continue that rivalry. Well, it's not exactly a rivalry. It's kind of like, you know, final boss and then, you know, the rookie. Um, <laughs> it's not, Nagi's not a rookie. It's, you know, she's been in TJPW. But yeah, uh, against Shuri, like, Jesus. And then she just gets beat the absolute hell out of her. And like, uh, I see like the results of um, the stardom um, shows on Twitter, you know, on their English Twitter. And then, you know, when I saw like Shuri beats Unagi via knockout, like, oh my God, like, Jesus. Like, you know, I love, again, I love knockouts in uh, wrestling matches because it's so rare. And like, you know, sh- Shuri again beating the absolute hell out of Unagi 
she's gonna get absolutely beaten up in this uh, bracket. Like Konami, Maika, Kamitani. Mm. I don't know. The only fair matchup for her is gonna be against Ruwaka. Um, and they're going to eat like a lot of pins in this bracket because Ruwaka is not exactly like um, uh, a favorite to win like you know, she's not she's not like a bracket buster again like you know she's going to take a lot of pinfalls from this but outside of Unagi and Ruwaka like anyone can win in this blue stars bracket even even Azumi who they haven't pushed a lot since losing the high speed belt but you know um sometimes like surprises uh, surprising runs can happen on the five star uh last year it was himika who had a surprise run just debuting with the stardom roster and then she made it to the finals of the tournament so like yeah uh but i mean like it's hard to predict this bracket because you know you have Utami who is uh, Utami and Tam who are your top champions, and then Shuri, Shuri who's um, one of the favorites to win probably, and then you add in Takumi Iroha there. Uh, it's hard to um, book Iroha in this. Uh, if it was uh, Mei Hoshizuki or uh, Rin Kadokura, like. It will probably be easy to fit them in a bracket, but Takumi is probably not going to the finals. So it's hard to see who she's gonna lose to. Uh, I think even you know even with the top champions, like probably she loses to Utami, uh, Shuri. I mean Shuri versus Takumi rule is gonna be so good, like. It's a first-time singles match, even though you know Shuri has been uh, everywhere in Joshi. Um, she's been in Ice Ribbon. She's been in, uh, I believe, she's been in Oz. But I don't know. I can't remember like a lot of her history. But she's been everywhere in Joshi, and sh she hasn't had like singles match with Takumi Roha. Um, there, they have been tag matches. Um, that and you can list like people who were in those tag matches and you know just it'll blow your mind like uh mayu uh nyla rose who is in aew hikaru shida who's in aew like these are high profile matches with you know they tagged with and then you know we finally get to see that one-on-one -on -one match on stardom and it's on the september 25 show and it's hard to say who's going to main event that September 25 show. Like the last show of this 5 star. Because good lord there's a lot of good matches saved for that show. Um, only in this bracket. We'll talk about the red stars bracket like in their final day. But the blue stars bracket their final day is Utami versus Tam. Shuri versus Takumi Iroha. Konami versus Maika and uh, Ru I don't know Sayaka versus um, Azumi and then uh, Kamitani versus uh, Ruwaka I believe yeah Kamitani versus Ruwaka but you know uh, those like 
two matches, like Utami versus Tam, and then Shuri versus Takumi Iroha are like must see. And then Konami versus Mika, kind of like two dark horses of the tournament. Um, a lot of them, uh, uh, both of them are pegged by a lot of people to uh, be a dark horse and, or like have a good performance in this five star. So it's going to be hard for uh, them to face one another in this like last day. But like, good lord, there's so many like good stuff in this five star, man. Like, I can't give it justice how good this five star is. Because aside from uh, Unagi, Ruwaka, uh, Bina Shirakawa, probably uh, Koguma and Fugikin that like you know there's like uh, f uh seven to eight people that can win this like seven to eight people that can get to the finals at least um so my predictions uh it's probably gonna be ooh um Uh, my logic, like the logic, bo logical booking for me is Shuri. Shuri goes on to the final because, um, you know, that Utami versus Shuri match, match um, is so well regarded with like uh, outside uh, Japanese wrestling. Like um, even like uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter got to watch, you know, they got to watch stardom because of this match that is like really good like 42 minute draw of a match so like uh if they get like people like wrestling observer or like you know get more eyes on stardom you know they will have this match you know utami versus shuri tree by this point but like uh, I kind of want to see Takumi Row in the final uh, against you know anyone from the Red Stars bracket. Right? Probably just, that's just me. But you know, uh, Takumi Row is a it's a gem. She's definitely even though he, uh, she's coming off an injury that sidelined her since like what October. Um. She is like one of the best Joshi wrestlers outside of American promotions. Um, you know, WWE all will have Io, Asuka, and then AEW would have someone like Riho or Shida. But you know, outside that, like the best women's performer outside uh, WWE and AEW is probably Takumi Roa. Um, which is saying something. So yeah. You know. She's probably. Not gonna eat a lot of losses in this tournament. I'm surprised if they did. Um, uh, she's probably. Probably gonna win against. You know. Every person who. I have a case for. Of losing. Of you know. Winning against Takumi. Can also lose to Takumi. That's how good she is. Like. You know, Shuri versus Iroha, like, you know, Shuri can get a win. She's, like, one of the people who can probably win against Takumi. But, you know, they can also 
do time limit draw but you know time limit draw here is 20 minutes it's not 30 minutes it's 20 minutes so like if stardom wants to and you know they usually do they would probably book a lot of draws in this tournament because they want to keep the wrestlers that they want to push strong unfortunately you know a lot of what the time members are not included in that list so you know someone like konami would probably like take a lot of pinfalls because of that uh, which sucks because she's probably one of the best technical wrestlers in this promotion but like you know um people that they want to stay at the top uh like uh tam or tommy or kamitani uh would probably like you know eat uh, would probably get a lot of draws you know time limit draws in this tournament just sucks but i'm gonna go with i gut and say that shuri will win this block like it's again it's hard to predict who will win this block because this block is stacked like probably one of the most stacked like brackets in stardom's history is this blue stars bracket and it's not even including like a lot of their leaders of the factions you know just in terms of like work rate you know outside of uh the leaders of the factions you know this is like a clean bracket that you know this shows that these are the people who outside of the leaders of their own factions these are the people who can have uh, make a clean like good match i mean aside from unagi and ruwaka but you know these are the people who can absolutely steal the show i mean tam is a leader too but you know uh of course excluding her but tam is also good in the ring uh she's been absolutely carrying this uh art uh, cosmic angels faction in matches because mina and unagi are not that experienced and it's up to tam to make these matches like really good um so like you know they want to put tam near the top of the brackets as well so like it's hard to see who's gonna be in the middle i mean yeah who's gonna be in the middle of those brackets um so yeah like uh first days of the tournament uh they're gonna have a lot of uh good matches on this card like even on the red stars uh bracket like uh i believe they have shuri versus kamitani on the first day and then uh, uh, Shuri versus Micah in the second day, which is oh my lord, like a lot of like good matches. And then we get uh, Kamitani versus Utami in like August first as well, which is the second day, which is like good lord, like you can just list like uh, these matches, like and then they'll be just as good. Um, unfortunately, like you know the way stardom booked it uh the final the last two days and the first two days are like really strong 
and then like you know uh, they put like uh, matches that uh, doesn't uh, get at as match uh, as much draws and uh, they put it in the middle so but yeah like the first in the end like Jesus we uh, we're gonna talk about red stars now but you know how you know that red stars bracket is like an example of uh you know for the final day at least you know an example of where these people stand in this um company because um they have for the last day and they have julia versus momo they have mayu versus starlight kid they have uh Fuki Gendet versus uh, Saki Kashimo, which doesn't matter much. Uh, not Sup- not versus Mina Shirakawa. There's um some history there. Uh, unfortunately, the history of that is Tokyo Joshi, and uh, compared to their runs at Tokyo Joshi, when uh, not Sapoi is a mid carder there, and Mina Shirakawa is uh like the undercard there they're like they've improved um drastically over uh the course of like uh eight months so like especially not Sapoi, who she's now trusted to be like you know one of those uh best one of the best workers in the promotion uh Especially uh, with that high speed belt, like that high speed style is just perfect for like a uh, poi, and you know uh, they're probably gonna have uh, poi and Koguma probably gonna have mat- a match down the line, so they're probably gonna uh, fix that here, you know, pr- probably build that one here, but like Jesus Louise, like uh, this one, uh, this. Uh, when the blue stars bracket is like the work rate um, bracket, uh, red stars bracket is a lot more about story. Uh, it should, yeah, I mean, uh, Fukigen that uh, replacing Natsuko Tora because Natsuko Tora had that injury at the uh, Cin- Cinderella show, which is which sucks, you know, ACL injury, but like. This was supposed to be like the story-driven dra- bracket, especially for someone like Starlight Kid, who uh, I mean, her last day of the tournament is against Mayu. So like, good lord. Um, and then her first day of the tournament is Julia. I mean, the last time, like you know, the last time they went one on one, at least one on one, not um two on two. Uh. Was at that February thirteenth show where Julia ripped Starlight Kid's mask after the match. So like, there's a lot of like history there, but you know Starlight Kid is a different person than she was like, back in Stars. This is uh, this is a really good opportunity to uh, grow some depth with Starlight Kid's character. Especially of the people that, you know, she's facing against. It sucks that, you know, Azumi is not on this block. But, but you know, if Azumi was on this block, block like, you know, 
these these are the people that you know this is gonna be like a story driven bracket for like Starlight Kid because all of her rivals past present and future are here it's like Jesus you know you don't need to go that far but it's fine but everyone that you know they put in this bracket can you know it's so so much story going to it I mean uh, Julia versus Starlight Kid on the first day that's a lot of story that you know can be put in there uh, Mayu versus Kashimasaki uh, they had that rivalry in 2020 you know at the start of 2020 when uh, Kashima turned on Mayu uh, they had you know the 10 year anniversary show as well to work that um not spoil versus kid who's you know that's probably gonna be like a high speed or even like wonder of stardom uh championship uh you know title bout down the line um uh koguma versus not spoil again they're building for uh a match there for the high speed belt uh even like you know julia versus momo which is uh they're putting it at september 25 again their last day i don't know who's going to be the main event of that match of that show because there's like five uh, there's like four matches on the show that can main event that uh, show it's ridiculous um it's like AEW and you know when like a lot of those matches can main event the show uh <laughs> but yeah like you know Julia vs Momo is i believe a first time matchup uh at least one and one uh they um they faced off on the Cinderella tournament uh last year and that's it like they have never faced one on one and it's probably going to pay off here it's a title you know it's probably a t- big main event match feel it's it, and it's probably not going to be the main event because you know you have Mayu versus Kid who uh I mean Mayu versus Kid has been like the one of the best stories in stardom for the past month or so because uh stars in a wedded tie had this five on five elimination match on uh i mean on two shows actually uh, one was uh the tokyo dream cinderella show where uh the cinderella tournament finals happened you know and then i believe another show before where that's how they got fukigen that um so this five and five elimination match um the last person that gets pinned must join the other faction so you don't want to be sole survivor here because you know there's a high chance that you'll be joining that faction basically uh it's a weird twist it's a weird twist on that five on five elimination tag match but i like it because uh they've done this before with tam and uh that really put a roller coaster you know uh, it was a defining point in tam's uh stardom career uh where you know she got um 
she joined stars after you know going against Oedetai you know I she must leave Oedetai after you know uh, losing that match and then that's what happened that's what happened with first with Fukigen dead and then second with Starlight Kid um, that Fukigen dead Fukigen dead is okay like you know she can go anywhere and be the same like dead Yamasan Kar- Kaori Yoniyama is amazing at adjusting her gimmick for uh, fashion, faction, but like Starlight Kid, like she was uh, gonna be the next heir to Mayu, you know, once Mayu uh, retires eventually. So like she's she was gonna be the second in command in Stars. And like she, she lost. She lost that match. Well, she technically didn't lost that match, but you know, uh, lots of interferences from Oedetai, and then you know, two, uh, two dead value drivers from uh, Natsuko Tora just ended it. But you know, like uh, she had a chance to come back. Like a Starlit Kid had a chance to come back to. Mayu, when Mayu had like this 1v5 gauntlet match, you know, Mayu Watani versus the rest of Oedutai, uh, in this show, like, you know, uh, Baba um, show in, yeah, that Takanobaba show in July 17, and Mayu won that match, but Starlight Kid didn't go to stars. Uh, because you know she was she is now like driven to be uh on the level of mayu at l- even maybe surpass mayu you know mayu's level because she doesn't want to be behind mayu she wants to be uh at the same level or even further than mayu and i really like that and this is probably like step one of it I don't know um, if Starlight, you know, a lot of people, are, I, a lot of the podcasts I've been hearing uh, are saying that Starlight Kid wins that, but I think Mayu wins that. It, in the case that uh, even though Starlight Kid is not there yet, she'll probably get there. Uh, but, you know, she's probably not at that level yet. So, I think Starlight Kid is going to have, like, an amazing showing in this Red Stars bracket. But then, you know, lose the opportunity to get to the final because of that loss from Mayu. So, yeah, like, uh, there's a lot of, like, interesting, you know, anyone can, I, either Mayu or Starlight Kid can win that match and probably, you know, cost the other person of a five-star Grand Prix final spot, but uh, the final is probably gonna out of you know the Red Stars bracket is probably gonna be Julia versus Momo. Whoever wins that um, goes on to the final. I logically speaking, I want Julia versus Shuri in the final because Julia ver- uh, the last time Julia versus Shuri happened, uh, it was at the December show. 
30 minute time limit draw and you know star stardom loves them draws you know but it, it's a way to make both uh, people strong without having them win or lose and it's like you know it's a cheat code in wrestling to have time limit draws you know uh, AEW does that now but it's very rare and I love that it's very rare in AEW but Stardom does it a lot to protect their stars and I think it's fine like you know because sometimes draws mean a lot more than wins and losses in Stardom uh my favorite matches in stardom so far have been draws actually uh tam versus mayu at that january show and then utami versus shuri 42 minute you know draw so like both of my favorite matches in stardom have been draws so i find if you know they they make a lot of draws in this bracket you know i don't think like a lot of the casual fans will, you know, uh, see it as is, you know, but I think it's fine. But yeah, like, uh, it's, for, again, for me, uh, logically, uh, Julia versus Shuri is the finals. And it, it'll be interesting because uh, compared to when they fought in December, uh, they were like really... Uh, seeing who will be the leader of TDM going forward. Um, they were like, you know, uh, Julia is the leader right now, but Shuri thinks she's better than Julia. Uh, last December, at least that was happening last December. But right now, they're uh, they're currently the goddesses of stardom champions, which is, you know, their tag team championship belt. And I love their name, by the way. Uh, uh, their tag team name is uh, Alto Livello. Alto Livello Cabelluan. But you know, uh, yeah. Because uh, Julia has that. Um, uh, she's kind of like. Uh, I mean, Don Demondo is, I believe, French. Yeah. Uh, it's either French or German. Something European. I forgot the name. Uh, it sucks because, you know, uh, I'm doing this podcast and then I forgot the name of. You know where Donna Del Mondo comes from, but you know Alto Livello is, uh, I believe, a French term, and then Kabaliwan is uh, Shuri's uh, Filipino descent. So like you know, both of their descents are shown in this tag team name. It, it's very very creative. So yeah, um, but yeah, I think this is the money match. But again, there's like a lot of matches in this bracket. You know in both brackets uh to like it's must see for like a lot of you know a lot of casual wrestler uh, casual wrestling fans and that you know like these are the people that you want to see going forward and it's a good way to um it's a good way to start seeing stardom you know uh, as a casual wrestling fan coming in, like five star is probably the best way to get into stardom because you know all of um all of the matches are gonna be great. 
uh, there's not like a bad match in the f- uh at least you know the high profile matches there's not a bad match on the five star usually so like um it's great to, it's gonna be great to see uh you know amazing action from you know stardom because yeah uh again like uh you know winner gets a world title shot that like they used to um but the, so yeah i, I think julia versus shuri and then shuri wins but i'm very open to uh other results than that because i think julia versus shuri is way too predictable i mean momo versus shuri would be great as well um they had uh a match last january for the swa belt and it was great um I mean, the SWA belt is not, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very wacky belt um, that they introduced, you know, for for Tony Storm now who is on SmackDown. Um, And that, you know, uh, the challenger has to not have, like, the same nationality as, you know, champion so shuri uh uses her uh filipino nationality uh for them to face stardom wrestlers you know japanese wrestlers i know not japan yeah stardom wrestlers a lot like you know for them to uh book anyone you know because when you put uh the swa belt to a japanese wrestler right now especially when the pandemic's going on like it's hard to um put you know a challenger for them because they can't have the same nationality uh so yeah uh, putting the belt on her has been great uh it has been a win-win situation for shuri in which you know she has a belt that she can defend you know and have an undefeated run at the same time you know she can stay protected for you know for her to contend for the top belts, which is the Wonder Stardom and the World of Stardom belts. So yeah, I really think Shuri's gonna win, but you know, you can make a case for eight or nine people, I guess. Like, you know, uh probably uh let's say uh for the Red Stars, uh Julia, Momo, Mayu, Starlight Kid uh can win that bracket um yeah julia momo mayu or starlight kid can win that bracket and then blue stars can uh uh utami shuri takumi you know uh i mean there's dark horses as well like konami azumi and micah that can win you know the win blue stars bracket so like jesus um Uh, speaking of the Red Stars bracket, like it's probably gonna be a very weird tournament for the rest of Donna Del Mondo. I know I've talked about Julia for a lot, uh, for like what five minutes now, probably. But like uh, Himika and Natsupoi are also in this uh, bracket, and I believe they've been teaming for a while. 
not, you know, not as frequent as, you know, ALK, but, you know, uh, they're pretty much the second secondary tag team. I mean, Himika and Micah are also teaming, but, you know, uh, Natsupo is going to be, have a fun tournament in which a lot of these wrestlers, aside from Azumi on the other side of the bracket, are vi- viable for the high speed belt. Um, there's people like Fukigan Dead, Starlight Kid, and Koguma are like uh, can contend for that high speed belt. And I mean, Fukigan Dead is you know she can win the title at any moment. Uh, she's won it three times. Uh, one as uh, Yama, and then I believe two as Det Yama-san. But you know, like you can always put uh, Fukigan Det in the title picture. I guess you can put Saki Kajima in that, you know, in that same uh, division as well. But like, uh, eh, it's not really like as good as someone like Fukigan Det. But you know. And it's really going to be interesting for Kashima as well. Because now that Natsuko is going to be out for at least a year. Um, Kashima is probably going to be the leader of the tie now. Because uh, she is, believe it or not, like the long, the longest you know, tenured wrestler in that faction. Besides Natsuko, who Natsuko was there since the stardom draft in 2019 and then the second longest is saki who betrayed mayu and chinwar 2020 so like you know she's now the second longest um wrestler in that faction is probably but probably gonna be the leader so or you know konami or starlight kid because they're more you know on the upper echelon of the cards uh they're on the upper echelon cards you know starlight kid is probably gonna have like this long story against mayu um and then like you know konami is just konami konami is great konami is you know she's always uh second in command or like third in command you know but she can definitely be a leader of faction if she wants to. Again, if she wants to. But yeah, it's, you know, Kashima, uh, will they book her strong? Will they book her weak? Because uh, there's not a lot of people who can take pins in this bracket. Like the Blue Stars one, there's like people like uh, Fukigendet and Shirakawa can uh eat pins but you know that middle ground is gonna be very tough very top you know very tough to see who's like uh fourth fifth and who's like six seven uh because there's like natsupoi koguma himika and then kashima are there you know i don't know it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be very interesting uh five star because you know uh the eyes on stardom is of all time high i don't think you know stardom has ever gone this popular since 
even like uh, the Mayu, Eo, and Kyrie days, you know, they haven't been as popular like as that, you know, the starting trio. But like, this is their time to shine, and you know, they're not uh, interjecting with a lot of promotions like tournaments right now. I don't know about uh, Noah, but I believe DDT is not on you know not planning any tournament soon i don't know the kod tournament is probably going to be around november i don't know november october i mean g1 is uh, g1 is starting like at the ends of this five star and then tjpw is finishing their princess cup uh on the fifth so like this is their time to shine. This is the only tournament going on. And at least, you know, I don't know about Noah again or Dragon Gate, but you know, this is like one of the only tournaments in the world so far that this is happening. And they can absolutely turn heads, and, you know, for, you know, for the better of the promotion after like a rough year again, like, you know. So yeah, um, yeah, I've been looking forward to it. Uh, to get a subscription for Stardom, it's nine hundred yen or four hundred fifty pesos per month. Yeah, but you know the pay per views probably gonna be the first and last days are pay per view, so you have to pay an extra amount of uh, money to uh, see those shows live but usually you know even if you don't see the shows live you know they upload the matches in full like a week later uh you know around three to seven days after the show so like it's gonna you know even the matches alone is gonna be you know i'll be looking forward to seeing them hopefully they'll be on other sites because you know uh but you know we don't talk about that uh you know so we need to support stardom as best we, as we can and we need to support wrestling as best as we can so yeah uh that's all for the five star grand pre preview of the show and I've, now we'll be talking about the NBA draft and other trades that happen at least you know. and we're back for some NBA updates the NBA draft has happened uh, it happened uh, a while ago actually like you know um, but uh, before that like some happenings before the draft um, you know, a couple of player options have been confirmed. Uh, Bryn Forbes declining his player option with the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, I think he, I think he thinks that you know his value is uh has risen up so because of winning championship. So they'll probably think, oh, he's a good bench player, you know, because. Especially because of the series against Miami, he he really showed up when 
uh, Milwaukee is not really, um, not particularly known for hitting a lot of trees. And yeah, he absolutely showed up in the Miami series. So I think uh, his value went up. That's why he declined. But he was really like, uh, he was really finding, I guess, uh, he was a really good fit on Milwaukee. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a good fit for other teams that has, you know, like more reliable three-point shooters uh, above him. And then the other player option that was confirmed was Montrez Harrell. Uh, he confirmed his player option with the Lakers, but we'll talk about him later. Um, the, od- the other thing that happened before the draft, like, you know, 10 hours before the draft, was the Memphis Pelicans trade. Uh, Memphis traded Jonas Valanciunas, their 17th pick and the 48th pick for uh, New Orleans Steve Vin Adams, Eric Bledsoe, the 10th pick, the 48th pick, and um, a 2022 protected first rounder uh, from the Lakers, which is top 10 protected, so I don't think it will matter that much. It's a really good trade for both teams. Uh, New Orleans, they're clearing up cap space for um, Lonzo Ball. Uh, If they don't get Lonzo Ball, maybe Kyle Lowry or Chris Ball that they can get. uh, So they're clearing up space for that. But uh, I think their priority is uh, securing Lonzo. And they have the money now to do that. Um, they gave the 10 pick to Memphis, uh, which is the only thing I didn't like about this trade. Um, of course, uh, Memphis is taking two salary dumps, uh, on Bledsoe and Adams, so they have to get at least something better. But you're already, uh, trading, like, a great backup point guard, uh, and Eric Bledsoe is a good great backup point guard if he's the starting point guard there's a problem with your team general because i really don't think eric bledsoe is a starting point guard in his career at this point so uh, he's a really good backup point guard that can complement john morant whenever john morant needs some minutes to cool off eric bledsoe will be there and you know continue to give good minutes for Memphis. Uh, and then uh, Steven Adams, who can uh, take a lot of screens for John Morant to explode through the rim. You know, uh, he can take, like, very rough screens. He's a very good rebounder. And, you know, he does a lot of things that can support uh, an explosive uh, guard like John Morant was. So it's very, very... Uh, although uh, Jonas Valanciunas is also very pivotal for Memphis in their uh, playoff run, in, in their playoff run as the 8th seed, like, it was very pivotal for Memphis to even get there in the first place. And, you know, uh, he will be missed. Like, you know, they're, they're really jiving with John Morant, but I think Steven Adams can do the same job. Um... Uh, it's just you know like 
they're not going to get as efficient of a three-point shooter for Steven Adams. Uh, I know Steven Adams is working on his tree, but I don't really rely Steven Adams making trees, at least for now. Um, Jonas, Valanciunas, Jonas Valanciunas is also like a good uh, pick. Uh, pick a four New Orleans because uh, it gives a lot of spacing for Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram on the paint because uh, it can spot up a three if they want to. He's also a good rebounder for them, and like you know, it's uh, he can give you good consistent minutes that you know sometimes Stephen Adams won't give you know. So like, there's enough spacing there on the court for. Zion to finally explode as that big, big, uh, dominating scorer in the paint. Um, but yeah, that ten pick I really didn't like because yeah, Memphis it gives Memphis a lot of room for uh, a wingman or something that they need as you know for the ten pick, like a good uh, role player that can complement a lot of the current roster right now. And yeah, I really thought that uh, New Orleans would uh, try and get that for the 10 pick, especially a uh, small forward position, which is uh, really lacking for them right now. Uh, shooting guard position, another, you know, another position that they could have gotten with this pick. Uh, I know uh, Josh Hart is on free agency right now, but. Uh, in case you know uh they don't get Josh Hart at least they got someone from the draft but uh you can still get someone 17 if you know they really trust the picking of the organization so overall both teams uh really benefited for this trade um other trades that happened before the draft uh Landry Shamet of the Brooklyn Nets have been traded for Javon Carter of the Suns and their 29th pick. I think Landry Shamit is a good asset for Phoenix off the bench uh, because uh, it um, you can give like a Devin Booker some rest if he needs to, and like um, Landry Shamit can also hit a lot of trees. He's also like a decent defender. Uh, he's been on the eye of Monty Williams for a while now. Since uh, Monty Williams' assistant coach uh, stint uh, last, um, I believe it was uh, before he went to Phoenix. So he's been uh, looking up for Landry Shamit. Uh, and there's some chemistry there. And a lot of uh, picks, a lot of pickups that the Suns are getting is. Uh, chemistry with Monty Williams so uh, there's another person that Monty trust and you know he's probably going to be in the rotation very very quickly uh, as for the people that they gave uh, it's very uh, these uh, Javon Carter and the 29 pick are really expendable um, Javon Carter barely had any minutes in the playoffs even though it was great in the regular in the regular season he uh he provided great minutes for the suns but uh he's very expendable in what he can do so 
them for Landry Shamet is an obvious uh, get for the Suns. Another trade that happened before the draft. Um, uh, Cleveland will get uh, Ricky Rubio and twenty and the Minnesota twenty twenty two second rounder and cash for Torian Prince. Um, I'm not really uh, familiar familiar of what Torian Prince can do. I know um, I saw him a little bit for, uh, when he was on Atlanta. But, you know, I'm not really familiar of what he can do. I know he's a small forward. And Minnesota is really lacking on their uh, small forward position right now. Because, uh, yeah, I know they have Anthony Edwards at guard. And then, you know, um, Towns is going to be at the center. But they're lacking wings uh, after getting rid of Wiggins. So... And that's a good um, veteran to have for Minnesota. As for Cleveland, uh, it, that's a they got a really good backup for Colin Sexton. Um, yeah, he's not uh, Ricky Rubio is not gonna start, but he's gonna uh, he's gonna bring the passing. He's gonna bring the defense that he got from Utah. As well so, and Phoenix, um, but you know, yeah, he's gonna bring the defense, and he's been really working on his shot. So like, uh, he has shot better on the past two seasons compared to when he was uh on the first stint on Minnesota. So uh, he's a really good backup point guard that can assist uh Colin Sexton if. Uh, you know when uh when he needs some uh minutes restriction or something like that uh you know off minutes and yeah um and the biggest trade that happened before the draft i i mean it's not exactly before the draft but it was around like the top 5 picks and yeah our wizards are trading russell westbrook and two second round picks for Los Angeles to the Los Angeles Lakers for uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, and the number 22 pick of the draft, which uh, Wizards then traded to get Aaron Holiday and the number 31 pick. Um, yeah, the Wizards were very busy in this draft for sure. Um, this package, uh, the Lakers package of KCP, Kyle Kuzma, and Harrell, uh, they were trying to get Buddy Heald for it as well. And I obviously think that, you know, if they went with Buddy Heald, they would probably get more from Sacramento, probably uh, Marvin Bagley Jr. that can uh, help the team on off the bench. But Russell Westbrook is a good pick too it's a good pickup too for the lakers um it gives you a big tree of westbrook uh lebron and ad and it shows that they're not gonna uh, even consider uh schroeder's uh extension uh schroeder is 
very being very very uh stingy with his um a contract extension he's asking for 30 million even though he's not worth 30 million right now but then yeah um but you know other teams like uh last season i believe uh, gordon hayward got you know declined that 34 million player option because he's not worth 34 million but charlotte charlotte gives him 30 million anyway and then he became a star so like Maybe he can be a star elsewhere. Uh, I know. I believe the Bulls are eyeing him for a five million, you know, thir- five. No, not five million. Five-year, thirty million deal. But you know, uh, there's a lot of better people on the uh, free agency that can get that much money, um, rather rather than Dennis Schroeder. Um, so yeah, uh, Russell Westbrook uh, is going to provide a lot of passing for uh, the Lakers, especially when LeBron is um, uh, on the bench. Uh, he can provide the passing that the Lakers need for uh, plays that they need to do. Uh, he can also provide a lot of scoring if they need to. He's basically like a full package of... Uh, you know, for an NBA player, uh, defense, you need to work about it a little bit more. But if you're as explosive, explosive as Russell Westbrook, uh, you can do anything. But yeah, uh, again, like I think that the they should have done the Sacramento trade because uh, they're. There's uh, Buddy Hield is a really underrated three point shooter that actually a lot of teams need like a lot of title contenders uh, need um, that kind of three point shooter. Um, uh, Clippers sometimes yeah yeah Clippers probably need him. Uh, Milwaukee another team that needs uh, someone like Buddy Hield even though they want the championship. Uh, and Lakers need a lot more three-point shooting than they used to because they don't have Danny Green anymore. They don't have, you know, those people that can hit trays. They just traded out KCP, and he was a very, very good three-point shooter for them. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Westbrook is is not, the spotlight is not probably not going to be on him. But, you know, if Lakers lose, they're probably going to blame him because, you know, quote-unquote stat padding. But uh, as long as, um, even though Russell Westbrook is stat padding, I still think, like, uh, stats uh, do matter. His stats do matter on a team like this. Like, if he can get, like, at least uh, 10, 10, and 10 for the Lakers, the Lakers are in good hands. Um. As for the Wizards, I really like this trade for the wizard, Wizards. Uh, they need um, a position on the small forward because I believe they don't have Otto, 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 uh, Otto Porter Jr. anymore. I believe they don't have him anymore. So they really need someone on the small forward position as well as the center position. 
they were playing Alex Len as a starter in the playoffs, and that uh, Philadelphia Washington series was really rough to watch because uh, you know their Alex Len is getting absolutely eaten, you know, eaten by Joel Embiid, and you know they don't really have a backup center uh, behind Thomas Bryant who they have been starting for like two years now um and they really miss thomas bryant and the that playoff run so like now they have a backup center they have someone who can score on the wing and then they have a backup uh shooting guard if bill needs minutes or you know you can put a bill on point guard and then you know put kcp and shooting guard but you know i don't really think uh two scorers on the court is uh really good um you know like j- no not two two scores not uh, i mean two people that uh that rely on uh how do you uh, that rely on ball a lot so like you know you can't have uh bills 30 point per game performance when kcp also needs you know trees uh, and then Kyle Kuzma will probably really hit trees as well. So, like, it's really good for um, Wizards. And they also traded the number 22 pick that uh, for Aaron Holiday, uh, which furthers, uh, furthers their backcourt a little bit more. Because Aaron Holiday is kind of like Drew and Justin. And, yeah, his play is kind of like Drew and Justin. And that he's very defensive minded and you know their backcourt their their bench backcourt is looking like uh it's looking really good with Aaron Holiday and uh KCP. Then again they have to start Thomas and Ransky, I believe. Uh, which is fine. I believe uh if you have like someone like Aaron Holiday at the backup you can uh you can provide minutes there but they don't really have to uh do that much as long as uh they play the role well uh, they'll be fine and yeah they have there have been talks that the wizards don't have the desire to trade beal and uh, i guess this is step one of trying to get beal to stay but then again you know it's been 10 years and and then, like in the past three years, they haven't uh, got out of the first round as well. Uh, they haven't even made uh, the conference finals on those ten years. So it's going to be hard for well, the Wizards to uh, protect Bradley Beal or you know try and get him back. But you know, this is a good step on that direction. Uh, other than that, uh, there have been, you know, there's minor trades here and there. Uh, Mason Plumley and the 37 pick for uh, to Charlotte for the 57 pick. Uh, you know, some minor trades like there. Uh, uh, Bucks and Pacers trading picks. Uh, the funny one is uh, OKC and Houston trading first rounders. Uh, yeah. I believe uh, OKC had the 16th pick and then they traded it to Houston for two more first rounder picks so like uh the two teams that are stacking picks are just you know 
you know you can have this and then I can have this and then it's fine because we have so many picks we could probably draft two teams with these picks it's like you know like it was it was very funny to for them to get more picks you know just a absolute horde of picks uh, that Sam Presti always gets on these trades is ridiculous but now we go to the actual draft um, there wasn't really a, a lot of surprises in the NBA draft uh, I love by the way that uh, the NBA paid tribute to Terrence Clark after the 15th pick uh, you know they said the NBA, the NBA family selects Terrence Clark that's a very uh, nice start very nice touch there um, because he was supposed to be drafted today and you know it was unfortunate for him to pass away after, you know before getting drafted and you know that's that's a good touch or good moment for the NBA uh, but again yeah the actual draft um Pistons draft Cade Cunningham for first I think uh that's actually a really good uh pick for the Pistons the Pistons uh, they've been eyeing Kate Cunningham for a while, and Kate Cunningham has uh, really relaxed himself to get to Detroit. He's been at the, he's been in Detroit for a couple weeks now, and it feels like he really loves the city that he's in, and he's trying to get the bad boys back. I mean, he already have the shades in the interview, so like. It, yeah, if he's trying to get the bad boys back, I'm down because uh, bad boy Pistons is always the best version of the Pistons. Whether it's um, you know, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Joe Dumars, and Dennis Rodman, or it's um, Billups, Sheed, uh, Tayshawn Prince, and Ben Wallace, and then Rip. So like, uh, you know, bad boy Pistons is always the very best version of the Pistons, and if they can um do that like it's really good for the Pistons because they have a super young core of Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, Jeremy Grant, Cade Cunningham and Thomas Stewart. Uh if they get a better center f center for uh Detroit, I don't think Thomas Stewart is the guy for them at the center, but uh I think he could probably prove me wrong. But other than that, you know, there there's so many players that can score there consistently. And it's going to be interesting what uh, Detroit, Detroit makes for their bench. Because uh, their bench is not exactly the best right now. It's very, very uh, underwhelming. Uh, but it's, it's, expect, it's expected because they're a lottery team. Uh, you know, their bench is not the greatest, but, you know, if they can get, like, a better bench, like, you know, uh, the Eastern Conference is not exactly hard for uh, a team like them to get to the playoffs. I mean, uh, Charlotte almost got to the playoffs, but, you know, Lamelo got injured, but, so, yeah, like, um, they'll be at that, um, horse race for that around uh four to eight spot. Uh Houston drafted Jalen Green. Um uh, 
I don't really have an opinion on this because Rockets pretty much need everything right now. Uh, they have uh, good assets assets there in, uh, in Tate and Christian Wood. And then uh, John Wall, if he comes back, you know, um, they have good assets there. But, uh, you know, they pretty much need a little bit of everything right now because uh, their, org their organization got absolutely ransacked last season uh, for the third pick uh, Cleveland drafted Evan Mobley which is actually really great for Cleveland I think it's I think this is a great pick because um, Cleveland is probably losing Kevin Love soon uh, I don't think Kevin Love is in the roster still uh, let me check um, Let me check, let me check. I believe, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he's still on Cleveland. Uh, he's still on Cleveland, but he's probably not gonna be with Cleveland uh the season after next season um he's probably going to request a trade there so you know Evan Mobley is a great replacement uh they have uh they also trade a lot of bigs and JaVale McGee Andre Drummond so like you know another power forward that can replace them is Evan Mobley and and uh, that's gonna be a good connection, uh, Evan Mobley and Colin Colin Sexton. I think that's a good like connection there. Uh, Raptors drafts Scotty Barnes. Uh, I believe Scotty Barnes is a shooting guard. Guard. Let me check. Never mind. It's a power forward. Good lord, that was really wrong there. Um, yeah, uh, Scotty Barnes is. There have been uh. Analysts that have been uh, very high on him, so uh, Toronto really just took took the power forward uh, spot. Uh, Siakam can really uh, pivot down to small forward spot if he wants to, but then again, like he could be a great backup for uh, Evan. Uh, no, not Evan Mobley. Uh, Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. If they want to, um, Orlando, they're gonna pick Jalen Suggs at the five. Um, and Orlando again, another one of those teams that are really building, and they're I think they're rebuilding pretty well uh, so far. Um, but they probably didn't need another point guard. But you know, like you know, if the highest pick is there, is it's fine. Uh, the best pick for the team right now is point guard. I is the best player. Then you know maybe you take that player, and you know you can pivot the other point guard somewhere else. Um, like this next pick uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, they pick Josh Giddy. Uh, Josh Giddy going this high is actually really surprising. Uh, he's um, he's 
trying to I, he was projected as a 10 pick around the 10 to 11 pick but uh, number six is pretty high for Josh Giddy, but it's fine. Um, Thunder, uh, that's another point guard that can uh, be paired up with Che Gilgis Alexander. Uh, SGA can take the shooting guard position and Giddy t- can take the uh, point guard position. And, you know, that's a really good uh, one-two punch there uh, that the Thunder can use for future seasons. The Warriors pick Jonathan Kaminga. And Jonathan Kaminga is actually the perfect fit for the Warriors. Uh, as uh, he can probably like uh, put on some defense that the Warriors probably need on the power forward spot. And Draymond Green is not exactly like in the best uh, shape right now as he was on that uh, 2015-2017 run. Uh, he's not that player anymore. So, um, getting a Jonathan Kaminga, you have a f- starting five of uh, Curry, Thompson, uh, Wiggins, Kaminga, and Wiseman, and that's uh, Curry and Thompson added in um, a young uh, front court that can uh, assist them on you know just making trees, and you know as long as he does his role well. Uh, the Warriors it will be fine. Uh, th- that's the best pick that the Warriors could have made. Uh, the Magic. Um, they're taking Franz Wagner. Uh, who is a power forward as well. Um, again, I have no uh, opinion on that. Because uh, the Magic are rebuilding. The Kings. Um, the Kings did an of You know. Did an obvious um obviously they're trying to trade for Buddy Healed, and they picked Javion Mitchell um which is I don't know I don't know if that's the right pick um I I mean Davion Mitchell is a really good uh player uh, he can defend well he can score um uh, Davion Mitchell is uh, one of that uh, defensive guards that led Baylor to. I believe the national championship on uh, the NCAA uh, they got to the finals and lost but yeah th- I believe that uh, Davian Mitchell is com- being compared to Donovan Mitchell but I think Davian Mitchell uh, prioritizes defense more than offense uh, he's a very defensive minded player and he's a really good complement for DeAndre Fox I the Aaron Fox, sorry, the Aaron Fox. Um, but I don't, I don't know why they uh, drafted another sh- uh, guard when you already have Fox in Halliburton. Uh, that probably means uh, Halliburton or Fox is probably available for trade as well. Uh, I don't know. We will see. But this is basically the response that you know. They are trading Buddy Heald, and Buddy Heald is available to offer. And, yeah, we already have the replacement that we need. So, uh, yeah, uh, give give us the offers, you know. Uh, <laughs> the Grizzlies draft uh, Zaire Williams. Uh, on the 10th pick, Zaire Williams is okay. Uh, 
a small forward. These uh, Memphis needs a wingman for a while. Now uh, they haven't really uh, gotten like a good wingman for like forever. Um, yeah, they haven't gotten a good wingman since the grit and grind days. So like uh, Memphis is really good at um, doing uh, these high draft picks. Aside from Ashim to beat uh, on. 2000, I believe 2011, yeah, Blake Griffin one. No, 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 2009, 2009, I think it's 2009, they pick a shame to beat, uh, didn't really uh, pave out that well, but uh, Memphis has been really good in uh, drafting for uh, high picks. Uh, they did uh, John Morant, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., they did Pauk and Marcus all in the past, so like uh, I can uh, trust uh, Memphis on this one, be- because yeah, they really do need a small forward right now. Uh, Hornets uh, drafted James Knight. I don't really have an opinion on him because I don't really know what he brings. Uh, number twelve, Joshua Primo. Um, it came as a surprise for everybody, but yeah, I don't really know this player as well. Uh, yeah, um, number 13 is Chris Duarte for the Pacers. And the Warriors are rounding out the lottery teams with Moses Moody, uh, the most, you know, NBA character, 2K character that you can think of as a name. Moses Moody. Oh, man. Uh Hope he plays. Like, you know, I hope he plays for the Warriors and does well. Because, you know, uh, I want to see game. you know, I want to see great games for Moses Moody. What a name, dude. But yeah. Um, I'm not going to go over, like, uh, the rest of the picks. Um, you can uh, search. I, you can see the draft results on NBA.com. And that's probably... I, I think that's the end of the episode. Uh, next week we're gonna uh, there's gonna be no wrestling uh, talks for next uh, next week only for next week. It's pro- there pro- there's probably gonna be wrestling updates in the second week of August, but the first two weeks of August is prioritizing NBA free agency because the NBA free agency is starting on August seven. Pilting- Philippine, Philippine time, uh, but uh, August seven they can officially sign uh, the free agents, and then August three will be the start of talking of these, you know, for all teams. Uh, this is gonna be a first time covering. This is gonna be my first time covering the off season, and you know, this is gonna be great. Um, so we're gonna have uh. A lot of talk around free agency starting this Tuesday, and I'm really excited. Uh, so uh, that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed my coverage of the Five Star Grand Prix, and um, you know my preview of the Five Star Grand Prix. Sorry, my preview of the Five Star Grand Prix, and my uh, review of what has happened and the NBA in the past week and I'll see you all on Tuesday peace